James chapter 1 verses 26 and 27. If anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. Religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. Some Christians have tongues that are like horses galloping out of control. They open their mouths and you don't know where it's going to stop. With some of them, it's gossip. They just like talking about other people. Of course, they don't call it gossip. The Bible says that's wrong. They say they're just sharing out of concern. But once you start to talk, well, you know how it is. One thing leads to another. For others, it's lies. Again, They don't mean to be dishonest. Their tongues just take off and run away with them. Sometimes it's filth. It starts out with talk that's about something that's okay. Then somebody says something a bit risque. Somebody responds. They join in. And before you know it, they're deep into a conversation that they would not want Jesus to hear. Yes, some Christians have tongues that are like horses galloping out of control. You might think, what's the harm? It's only words. But those things that come out when your tongue takes off down the road and over the hedge are very significant. Jesus said, a tree is known by its fruit. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What you say shows the state of your heart. And that's why James says, if anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. Useless. The trouble with deceiving yourself is that when you're deceived, you don't know you're deceived. You could be one of those people whose religion is useless and not know it. There's a scary thought. So you need to have a way to check yourself out. You need some things you can look for that are telltale signs of useless religion or things that are marks of someone who's the real deal. Well, that's what James has given you in these verses. He's given you three things to look for. Three things that will tell you if you're kidding yourself. Is your religion useless or are you the genuine article? Well, you've heard the first one already. How did you do? Do you control your tongue? Now, I'm not talking about occasional slips. None of us is perfect. But if you only open your mouth to change feet, if you regularly end up saying things and asking yourself afterwards, where did that come out of? If your conversations frequently turn into something that you wouldn't want Jesus to hear, if your words aren't edifying and good like you know they should be, And if you've been content to let it go on that way and you're not doing everything in your power to put a bridle on that tongue and get it under control, well, you might be a very religious person. 
You might read all the right books and go to all the right meetings, but it's all vain, empty, useless. That's what James says. James' second test is more positive. Pure and undefiled religion before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their trouble. Of course, to visit them doesn't mean drop in and have a cup of tea with them. It means care for them, provide for them, attend to their needs and help them. And I don't think that what James is commending here should be applied to just widows and orphans. Widows and orphans are representative of all the neediest people around us. Homeless people, hungry people, people displaced by wars or caught up in natural disasters. Caring for people in need has always been a priority with God right back to the days of Moses and before And John tells us, whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? When a man cares, genuinely cares, for needy people who are in no position to give anything in return, it tells you that man's religion is not just an outward show. It has changed his heart. It has reordered his values and priorities and touched his pocket. Do you care for the poor and needy? What have you done that proves it? How much have you sacrificed? How much of your time? How much of your comfort? How much money in comparison to what you've kept back for yourself? Has it been a priority? It is one of God's priorities. Is your heart in tune with his? Is your religion real? Here's the third test. Pure and undefiled religion before God and the Father is this, to keep oneself unspotted from the world. The world is a dirty place. It's full of sin, its values are rotten, it's at odds with all that we consider to be good and important. All the time you're brushing up against it. You have conversations with people who hold those rotten values. You work with them. You work for them. You live beside them. You maybe even live in the same house as some of them. Or that nice man on the TV who reads the news and that woman who wrote that novel you read. They don't know their values are rotten. They don't know any better. But all the time they're spitting this filthy stuff all over you. It's like living in a leper colony, only worse because leprosy is not as easy to catch as the filth of the world is. It's very easy to pick up those worldly values. It starts with little sinful ideas and thoughts, and before long you're just like those sinners around you. What are you doing to keep yourself clean? Do you remember when Christians used to go to great lengths to keep themselves unspotted from the world? They had to be in the world, no choice, but they took care. There were places they never went. It was too risky and there was no good reason to be there. But now we go to those places just to amuse ourselves. They washed often, spent time in the presence of God, time in his word, time in prayer, time in good, clean fellowship with God's people. But not anymore. Now it's just a quick wash on a Sunday morning. That should keep me clean for the week. How careful are you to stay clean, to keep your mind pure? to stay spotless. So there you are, three tests. I hope you passed them. A tongue under control, 
care for those you're in need, striving to keep yourself pure in a dirty world. Doing those things won't make you a Christian. That's not what James is saying. He's saying that if you are a genuine Christian, if you're born again and have a new heart, then those are among the things you will do. I wonder do you find them surprising, James tests. I mean, if I asked you to come up with some marks of a genuine Christian, what would you put on your list? If you have to decide whether or not to have fellowship with somebody, what do you look for? Well, James makes it very simple. Do you guard your tongue? Do you care for the needy? Do you keep yourself clean? There are people I have been inclined to look up to. People I've thought to be good Christians, but they wouldn't score very well by James' criteria. And there are other people who would score much better than me, but their theology might not be just as close to the mark as I think mine is. What do you think? Doesn't this tell us something about what God values in his followers? And doesn't it challenge us to think again about what we put highest in our priorities? Our priorities.